We're gonna start with this. Well, good evening, and welcome to the Yeah You Ride podcast. This is the Bodie Bodie. Hey there, Bodie. Welcome back. This is the T-Bone. And this is the Cheerio. Uh, which episode of the Yeah you Ride podcast is this, Bodie? Oh my gosh, we are on episode 96. 96 years young. Wow, it's kind of hard to believe that we're almost going to hit 100 episodes of the Yeah you Ride podcast. Yeah. We should, we should prepare something special for that. I really think we should. I actually have some homework for you guys about the 100th episode. <laughs> you just see Matt <laughs> no, <laughs> side over there. I've done enough working at home the last few weeks. I think this would be fun homework. I have an idea, and we'll, we'll talk about it later. But, okay. But first of all, I want to say it's great to be in the Barrister's Gallery with you two. Yes, absolutely. It's, been a long time it has been a long time i think the last time all three of us got together we actually forgot the mics and we just sat around and bullshitted and drank beers that's right it was sort of like an off-air podcast yeah and the last episode we actually recorded i think was the special episode we did with the women from crush racing indeed yeah that's episode 95 you can find that in our archives um but yeah so i was referring the last time all three of us were here because matt was not there yeah. Uh, for episode 95, and I had to figure out how to work the soundboard mm. uh, on my own, and that's why the audio is a little bit low, but that's a good episode. Go check it out. Um, guys, I was on a trip for almost two weeks, and taking a lot of photos and posting them under Yeah You Ride, and I got to guest guest, uh, guest appear, I guess, or I don't know, guest host, uh, but I was on the Cyclocross radio. Uh, recorded one episode at Jingle Cross, and actually recorded another one last night with Bill and Zach. That has not yet been released not as we record. Been released. Probably isn't even coming out soon. But I was I was sort of sort of thinking about you know yeah you ride and and what that meant and like kind of how it started and and I think Bill actually asked you that question. He did. He did ask ask me about you know what is yeah you ride and Zach was like you know is it yeah yeah you ride and I was like no it's actually yeah you ride you know it comes from a saying in new orleans that's that is a playoff the saying yeah you write which is what do you it's like a sort of an affirmation yeah mm-hmm. you it's it's it has many uses right can be a greeting exactly so anyway it was so i kind of thought like maybe i'll get into a little bit of history of what yeah you ride is what it started to be like why there's an instagram account called yeah you ride that i run that i post um cycling photos to uh, so I just thought I would kind of briefly uh, let folks know we might have some new listeners. I mean, I'm hoping we do. Uh, we might not, but even for some of our friends who've been around who don't quite know what Yeah You Ride is. Um, in 2013, I met a guy named Rich Carmen uh, riding track bikes on the lakefront, and we became friends. We had very similar interests, and, and the interest being bikes, going fast, track bikes. Um, he was... A pretty good rider, and I enjoy taking photos. Also an excellent crasher. <laughs> That's right. Nicknamed Scarman. Rich Carmen, nicknamed Scarman. Well, he'd had a big crash, or he got into a big crash shortly after you met him, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, almost lost his right. finger. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was crazy. So we sort of got together, and both you know, were creative types, and we were like, hey, let's do a cycling blog uh, about New Orleans, like bike bicycling culture, early to the blog game, 
2013. We were, well, kind of late to the blog game. I feel uh, like medium, medium to the blog game. You know, we didn't even start an Instagram account, but anyway, we sort of definitely in the style of the probably is not probably uh, nine of uh, fixed uh, traco, just all these sort of uh, you know fixed gear centered cycling blogs. But we wanted to do one about New Orleans, and so Rich, Rich would write the words, and I would take the photos, and you know we put on an alley cat our first year uh, spring the, break yourself. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And this is sort of right when I started, right after I met. You Townsend and you Matt and started doing riding road bikes and mm-hmm. uh, got a cross bike and that year we really went from like hosting alley cats um, to like going to road races to racing cross help promoting cross and so the blog kind of reflected those changes as we moved to geared bikes and we started racing and then at some point Rich moved away um, well uh, Bodie don't oh. skip it before Rich moved away the three of us got together and we did our first race promotion we promoted the first harbor master criterium which was the dawn of our career as race promoters uh, rich was involved in the first one of those and then moved away yeah that's true and, and and you and i have sort of taken up the mantle of the uh the race promotion uh since then yeah it's true because yeah uh the harbor master criterium was initially going to be a fixed gear criterium very much in the style of red hook crit uh we had we had uh, rich had actually got a location and we looked into permitting it, and it seemed that at that point you couldn't do fixed gear races and USAC races, so we decided to do a road race or a crit. Um, anyway, so Rich moved away. The, 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 the website really started to focus mostly on race reports at cross races where I would post just the photos I took. And actually, I'd stopped. like Before we would actually do race reports, uh, Rich would write the, the words, the copy, he would do the reporting and I would take the photos. And then once he left, I just didn't really want to do that much writing. And I took photos and I posted them. And, and after a while, the, the, the website, I didn't update it that much. I didn't post a lot of photos there. Every once in a while I would go to a race because I got really got into actually racing. And so I didn't really want to take photos. I couldn't do both well. Um, so I started racing. The website kind of died. The Instagram, you know, I would post some photos there. Um, but it, it, it kind of, it started to change. And at some point, you know, Townsend, you, me, you, and Matt, there was various iterations of Facebook message groups. And at one point, it finally just it was us three. And uh, we just would chat during bike races. And, you know, you got the idea that, you know, we were saying some brilliant things and that we should host a podcast. And immediately, I was pretty reluctant at first. I was like, I don't want to, you know, just a bunch of... Another, not yet another podcast of, you know, mm-hmm. three white dudes who no one knows sitting around... Chatting about bikes. Yeah, because um, we were uh, we definitely late to the podcast game. <laughs> for sure. Um, and we might, we, we might still be late to the podcast game. Yeah. Anyway, but you, you know, I was like, okay, maybe I'm into it. And you were like, let's just call it the Yeah, You Ride podcast. I was like, yeah, why not? It's sort of a, a way to add some more media or content to the sort of dormant yayouride.com website. And, you know, we can incorporate the, uh, the Instagram into it. And at the same time, I started to... Um, go to bigger races and take photos. And, and that seemed like a natural place to post my photos at bike races as opposed to under my personal Instagram. So these things kind of like kind of grew side by side. And, and so that's and that's kind of essentially where we are now. I've, I've been used the Yeah You Ride Instagram as a place for bike photos uh, mm-hmm. because it's a bike centered Instagram. And our podcast, which obviously is about bike racing, has used the name Yeah You Ride. And that's I don't know, and, and I brought you guys into it, so it's, it's interesting to see the kind of like the growth and the the change of the sort of yeah you ride from when it started um, 
and jorts and, and track bikes and alley cats to me taking photos at these World Cups and then coming back to New Orleans and uh, shooting the shit with you two. Yeah, and I mean, you know, again, uh, don't don't leave out the the race promotion part of Yeah You Ride that we've done, you know, through the years, sort of uh, not necessarily branding races yeah. as Yeah You Ride, but you and I uh, as the race promotion angle, and and of course, uh, Sercherio here as our our trusted uh, DJ. dirty DJ. Yeah, that's true. I mean, really think about it. Like if you think of the Yeah You Ride semi tough towns, and you've brought in the, the club, the sort of the 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 uh the I don't know, the infrastructure i'm trying to think of like the right word to like the bureaucracy <laughs> usac infrastructure that goes through our club the yeah you ride has brought in the photos and the teaser videos and then we've got the we've got sir cheerio always bringing the jams to the party and that's been a really awesome like three person like prong to putting on good events for sure. Yeah. Well, look, let me just, you know, shift the focus, you know, squarely onto you for a second as the sort of founder of, of Yeah, You Ride. And the main reason we're all here and talk about your trip, because, you know, I have to say, I mean, I was really impressed with, um, with sort of what you brought to those two World Cup weekends in terms of your photography, in terms of some of the connections that you made. And it was super great to, to, you know, sort of follow you and to see you um, sort of rubbing elbows with, you know, some of the people that we've really admired as being both quality photographers and content creators in the cyclocross world and in the podcast world um, covering cyclocross specifically, uh, cyclocross radio, CX Hairs, Bill Scheichen. Um, and uh, Zach Schuster, and here you are, Bodie. I felt really holding your own and bringing a solid, uh, you know, a solid perspective uh, to uh, your guest appearance on the podcast, and yeah. continuing to bring just your own unique perspective in terms of composition and 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 um, uh, subject matter to your race photography. And it was really great to sort of see this weekend a lot of that really coming into a new level for you. And I um, was really proud of you sort of as you know, like in a big brother kind of way, um, you know, that my homie from, uh, from NOLA was up making a name for himself uh, on, the, on the U.S. stage uh, at those two races. And I'd love to hear about how that, how that happened and your experience, you know, taking photographs and kind of where you see it going now honestly Bodie well I, I appreciate you saying those nice words and I certainly don't want to make this podcast all about myself um, but it was it was an honor to to be out there at two of those weekends and to so I said rub elbows and be in the photo pits with a lot of really talented photographers uh, journalists there's like literally one journalist at Zach Schuster and then you know Bill, sort of the like king of like Kais across uh, content. So yeah, I felt honored to to work alongside those guys and 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 like Bruce Buckley, extremely like knowledgeable and and sharing and being like very generous with sharing his information and, and just oh, he's a photographer. For yeah, anybody that doesn't know. Yeah, Bruce Buckley, mm -hmm. great great photographer. He is the uh, the photographer of the American cross scene. He 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 covers a lot of uh, teams and does it really well and does a great job. Um, anyway, but I just got to say, yeah, I'm super honored to be there and even just to like learn from these people. So, um, it was a, it was a great, it was a whirlwind trip. Um, it, I, I was talking to my friend Dahan Perker, who's at a base out of New York, really good photographer. He was, 
I, we were talking about Friday at Waterloo, and I was like, man, I just, I'm just not quite feeling this, just these, these photos today. You know, the light was pretty terrible. The race was super early. You're just like, mm-hmm. it's not a lot going on. He's Overcast. Like, yeah, he's like, it's it's like openers, man. You'll, you'll be ready on Sunday. I'm like, dude, <laughs> it's kind of like a week-long stage race, that like a week-long photographer stage race that we've been on from the Jingle Cross Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then that following Thursday, there was like a pre-ride party, then Friday was a C2. Saturday was off, but there's all sort of events happening on on on, on ground, legends races. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday was the World Cup again. It was muddy conditions. I was just like, wow, this is like a this is this is a whirlwind. Um, I don't know how some of these people do it. Uh, I've got a lot to learn in terms of like how to like you know <laughs> manage my efforts. It sounds kind of silly, yeah. but like but like just like I actually like had to take a rest day. I was like I needed to like just chill out on Saturday not photograph a damn thing and like get a good night's sleep and then sunday i felt so much better and i was glad because it was muddy and when it's like muddy like that it's like super stressful in terms of taking photos because it's harder to move around yeah and you're like i don't want to get my gear all muddy and you can't run too fast in the mud because you can slip which i've done um and then like me and emily went to sun prairie and like bought went to walmart and bought some like rain pants and just trying to like saw those stylish rain pants you were wearing <laughs> in some of the photos in fact i saw you on the world feed i was like what the fuck is Bodie wearing man yeah it's ridiculous um anyway so yeah just a lot you of wearing your shrimp boots up there i know As that would I, have been a good that would have been a good little um little thing to have that could be your uh that yeah. could be like your 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 thing Bodie. that know, could that's from very, down here the white shrimp boots that's a that's a good thing the thing here's the thing guys like i have like old people feet and i need like i need like the most support ever <laughs> they are not the most comfortable and things to wear not supportive at all no. but i like that it being a look i i have distinctly tried to wear the same hat for the like past year mm. to like so people will remember me like I have this thing that I feel like no one remembers my face. I don't know why I have that idea. I don't know. Anyway, so I well, tried. We all got to see your face when you video bombed Ellen Noble. Uh, that was that was a nice moment on Instagram. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's it's fun. It was fun watching the live stream afterwards to sort of spot the photographer mm-hmm. and to see them all in the corners and like, oh yeah, I was over there trying to get a shot. And I'm like, oh dang, that was a really good position. Why didn't I go there? Um, I don't know. It's interesting trying to take these photos if you have if you're covering a team you have an assignment and you want to make sure you get so many shots of the teammate team members and if it's a team that's got two or three people you've got to sit there in the position and wait for them all to come through before you can move again you're like can i get them in you know can i get two locations out of one lap can i get yeah. three locations out of one lap this is my third year at trek cup and i feel like i finally kind of got the course down um, now the course hadn't really has the course changed at all since last year, or is it? It looked like it was pretty much the same. Pretty from what much I could the tell. same. They added in some more turns in this kind of bottom field part in the back that, like, I never went and shot this year because it just the visually is not as interesting. I it, it wasn't providing the sort of background I wanted. Although some photographers, some really talented photographers, found great angles over there. Um, but so yeah, it's still it's still it's amazing how much I keep continuing to learn and I keep trying to soak up uh, from all the other uh, talented people out there. 
And uh, did, yeah, did anybody remember you, Bodie, from uh, last year? Your famous uh, tuck and roll performance on the off camber. <laughs> I was just going to ask about that too. No, no, and actually, I went. And I looked at that position, and you, they, they really like tightened the tape, and where you couldn't uh-huh. fit, uh, and there was no snow fencing on the bottom side to kind of like hide you. And I was like, I thought about going in there, but because it was so muddy, it was just sort of a different vibe. There was a lot of slipping and sliding going on from the riders in that in that section. I saw Evie, Re- Evie Richards going down on that that very corner. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, look, let's get into let's get into some of the races and and, and you know, there's there's a lot to talk about. So I kind of want to want to touch on everything. But you know, it was like Trek Cup two years that I've gone. It's been hot. It's been crazy hot. Friday it was warm. It was hot, and then it rained, and it was a completely different course than I've seen there. I don't think. I think they were saying it had been dry every year they'd yeah. ridden it, and this is the first time they've raced it in the mud. Yeah, and so that definitely changed the course. And uh, as you saw in the women's race, they were doing 13-minute laps. They did three laps. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it was. It was. I think it was. The conditions were really tough, and I think it provided for some a new experience at that venue. And I think. It, I think. I think it was a really. Uh, I think it was like great for the fans and I think the riders who liked the mud and the Belgians, they did, it was like no issue for them. And yeah. Katarina Nash is just, yeah. I mean, you know, it's one of those courses where, you know, we're all lucky that these guys are pros and really know how to ride well, because, you know, if you'd have put a bunch of rank amateurs on a course like that, it would have just been a shit show all day long. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean the, the, the amount of times that Katrina, Katarina Nash, slipped out and crashed and won yeah i mean at least Mm -hmm. i was counting four times you see her on the live stream (laughs) fall like on the same spot and and the fact that she yeah she's that good and still was able to win um yeah i'm glad they didn't you know they don't run those those parts in the amateur races on friday and even the pros and like i'm glad they didn't because it would have been like one of those damn memes that we see get passed around about like cyclocross and like a bunch of people slip down a hill. Like, like the Benny, the Benny Hill music. Yeah, and yeah. We don't, people, we don't need yeah. any more of that. Yeah. But I mean, when you said they don't run, the, the th- that's the other aspect is like you see the the you see the top level r- riders, and it's also they're also really good runners. They have to be in those kind of conditions. Yeah, yeah. You, and being able to run in those conditions, not just it's not just regular trail running. This is this is slop running. Yeah, yeah. A lot of running. Um, so yeah, the women's race, Katarina Nash won, uh, Yolanda Neff finishes second, Mm. uh, and Evie Richards in third. So good. Evie Richards getting the whole shot. Yeah. Two weeks in a row. Good Um, result for the track team. Yeah. Is Neff part of, she's part of that track team, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Richards, uh, Richards, Neff and Ellen Noble. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. I, th- I mean, from that point of view, I thought it was interesting. Uh, we haven't seen much of Evie Richards this year because of her surgery and everything, and we didn't know how she was going to do the week before at uh, Jingle Cross in Iowa. Had a great start and then kind of faded. Yeah, ended up fifth yeah. in that race. Um, but obviously, you know, she's she's coming back to form. Yeah, I think that Evie Richards is going to have a strong year it I think seems so that too. she's when she kind of gets things her shape back and her you know her sort of maybe i guess her endurance really um mm-hmm. she's going to be forced to reckon with yeah i was talking about on the other podcast that yeah like imagine evie coming into these races strong she 
yeah. might well could have won both of them. Yeah. Um, so, and I think she just won previously a, a U23 at Mount St. Anne, the World Cup. So, so her mountain bike season was ending, and she was she was uh, going up in her fitness. So, I guess same for Yolanda Neff, just finishing, just kind of coming off mountain biking. Yeah. Um, yeah, and she was the opposite of Riches in that race. Really, came from behind and and uh, just just kept on going. She had the endurance uh, to, to really... Yeah, she had a fourth keep... row start, so she had to come yeah. from uh, quite behind. And uh, I'm I'm curious to see uh, how much Neff races. I'm also curious to see how much Nash races. You know, Nash is now the leader of the World Cups, and she has, has not typically raced in Europe. So... Um, I mean, she has in the past, and but often a little bit later in the season, right? So... I mean, I remember her. She's always strong at Namur. I mean, this was her kind of terrain, really. She's very, very good in those in those kind. Of, and this was a Namur-like course in those respects. You know, not from the like the steep. Um, We're talking about Nefs. No, sorry, Nash. Nash. Nash um, I'm sorry. With Nash, Nash being like you know, she's she's always been very good in in those kind of conditions. Yeah, I'm curious what Sana Khan's thinking um, watching these races. I mean, she didn't want to come over this year and has said. That she just didn't like to travel um, and to the states, and you know, I gotta say the the Belgian women, and you know, there's not a ton of them, did not do well in the states. I mean, Mod Capitines might have got mm-hmm. maybe like seventh or something in the World Cup, but just yep. really, you know, not showing up uh, on the American soil. Well, so. who do we have that's going to be in 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 the European races? It wasn't here, other than Sana Khan. I guess we so Nikki Bramier is is retired. retired. Yep. Um, I guess we've got um, Dutch uh, woman whose name is escaping me now. Uh, Lucinda Brand is going to be racing cross, or is she concentrating yeah, yeah. I mean, on she's, road? She's at Road Worlds right now. Yeah, yeah her and Voss obviously are Road yeah. Worlds. They seem, uh, you know, the. Used to be U23. Salen uh, Kellerman Del Alvarado. Okay, her, who is the, uh, on her old teammate? Um, are they teammates? I know who is coming back this year. Talita de Jong, former world champion. Uh, uh, apparently she's got her fitness back and is really fired up okay. for this cross season. So I'm, I'm excited to see what that's she cool. can do. Yep. Former world champion. Anna Marie yep. Verst, is that yes, who you're thinking of? Yes, that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But... You so know, yeah, a number of a number of, of strong women cyclocross racers that that weren't here. But I have to say, I mean, I feel like a number, but a lot. I mean, most of the most of the women, you know, they, they were there. The the contenders were there. Yeah. Um, something that has sort of popped up, or it's been kind of in the the Twitter sphere, is that Denise Betsema is still in the <laughs> UCI rankings. Well, she was because she, she hasn't rolled off yet. She hasn't rolled off yet, yeah. even though she's whatever you know had the doping positive and the b sample was also positive and she still denies it uh anyway that's just but that so that that took away her results from that one race in coke cider right but i i suppose the the rest of her results must have stood because she's still getting points for them to be in the uci rankings i presume i guess so a lot of writers have been posting like how how is she still Uh, ranked like i mean i I don't know like can't they just can remove her from the list it's not hard right it's well if she's not racing then she's not benefiting from that ranking because she's not getting a call up based on that ranking no yeah i mean she's no i mean it's just the fact that you know it's a little bit of a stain, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to pull up the rankings right now, but the website, UCI website, is always kind of a pain in the butt. 
So is is Maglia Rochette going to be going over to Europe and racing a full uh, calendar of cross? Do we know? I don't know. I assume she will. If she hadn't planned on as much, will probably be going. I mean, you know, she's now she's not the leader anymore, but she won a World Cup. She's she's high in the standings. Mm-hmm. She's Where got did some, she finish at Trek? Uh, she got fifth. Fifth. So yeah. first and fifth. You know. Yeah. Um. You know, but she's she's got some sponsors specialized in feedback. I mean, I mm-hmm. think they can probably help and. I think we'll probably see her at some more races. I mean, she kind of had a disappointing Euro campaign last year. Um, so I think she'd probably, with the way she's going now, would want to go over there. Yeah. Shout out to the uh, the CX Fever neck gaiter that I saw she was promoting on Instagram. Have you seen that? No. Yeah, it's like, you know, one of those, uh, I guess you call it a neck gaiter, right? <laughs> like a, a snood type thing? Yeah, or, uh, yeah. Right, you can pull it up over your face if mm-hmm. it's really cold, around your neck. Great cyclocross piece, you know, for the colder for the colder races. Yeah, so, I, I love wearing that. In the winter, that's a, that's a great element to have because you can even put it over your chin, over your mouth or whatever, over your ears, you know, no, all that kind of stuff. I never wore one of those. Oh, my God. So I, it's interesting, if you look at the rankings, Denise Betsema is second and it said that she's moved up one position. That's that. That doesn't make any sense, does it? Marianne How can Voss that make? Is, <laughs> well, Marion Voss has dropped one position because she hasn't. Re- but uh, yeah, I, I. I don't know when they update this ranking because it never seems to be correct when we do the <laughs> podcast to like to accurately most reflect. It's one of the great. There's one of the one of the many great mysteries of the UCI. I mean, actually, if you look at the the ranking, the top five didn't race. Uh, Caitlin Keogh is number six, and she's the top person to have to have raced currently. So, well, interesting. You bring up Keogh. Um, really, was not. I mean, last year she won the World Cup. In, uh, in jingle, a jingle cross, jingle cross okay. and was not really a factor in either race this year, was she? Uh, so I, I don't know. Well, and, and then you know, speaking of people that did well last year, I mean, you had that epic battle between uh, Ellen Noble and Voss in yeah. uh, World Cup Waterloo last year, and and uh, you know, Noble has had a, a, a lackluster start to the season as well, so. Um, yeah, she's hinted at some health issues on yeah. social media. Don't know uh, what's what that is, um, but she also I just read her latest post. She seemed to say that she felt the fire again. So mm-hmm. hopefully that means she's uh, back on the up and up. Um, got to finally meet her. We'll meet her for like the third time, but say hey, I'm that the photographer who took that good photo you liked. So um, she it was, it was nice to chat with her briefly. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, men's race. Yeah. Uh, Eli Ezerbeat, Townsend, you and I were talking on the phone early about this, just how strong he's looking. God, he looks super strong. He looks just uh, super composed, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I yeah. Mean, just, I, I think that was the, the, the word that I would use to describe him. Matt, you have your hand up. You I, just wa- I just want to make a correction now, Bodie. It's Ellie. Ellie. Ezerbeat. Yeah. I did notice that when you were doing the the uh, the, the the CX Radio uh, podcast, uh, and those guys were quite kind to you that they didn't correct you more than once, but they did they did correct you. But, but I'm going to do that. And then you consistently um, used it used it incorrect. I suppose I just maybe said it as well. But yeah, Ellie Iserbit. Ellie Iserbit. I'm sorry. Yeah. Ellie. Uh, so yeah. So I mean, you know, he we haven't really talked about Jingle Cross, but he he had one Jingle Cross uh, in fairly convincing fashion. I mean, basically rode away from Tone Ertz. 
those two have been establishing themselves, I think, as the as the class of the men's field so far. Obviously, we don't have Vanderpoel, we don't have Wout Van Aert, but we do have yeah, the coach the, class of the of the men's. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, yeah, we do have the full Telenet. Uh, what is it now? It's not Telenet Bal- Fidea anymore. Balwas, Balwas, yeah, Bal- Telenet Balwas, yeah. yeah squad uh quite a bit of them basically everyone from you know essentially p4 through 17 yeah i think all raced for their telenet uh, well and a, a jest of course but it's a big big squad well, it's two big squads right yeah. and then you have the other team malux yeah. uh wait no it's uh bingol sousen sousen powell sousen yes powell sousen right but uh anyway yeah. sauces yeah sousen sausage aren't they sausages it says sauces on the, i just noticed that it's Thousand, thousand, thousand sauces? sauces, yeah. Thousand sauces, <laughs> so which I'm kind of into. Right. I want a sauce sponsor. Uh, can so, we can we get a mayo sponsor? Can we get? Oh, I know who would love that. Can we get a mayo sponsor for our team? Blue Plate? No. Blue oh, are, yeah, Blue Plate. It would, would be have the to local. be Blue Plate yeah. here. Yeah, that's the local Blue Plate. Yeah, yeah. Right. I still have a. I still have a box of a um, slightly less than 500 Belgian gel shots. <laughs> You know, see if you can get rid of those this cross season, Matt. I doubt it. That's good. <laughs> it doesn't matter as long as I get one per Least race. Least popular hand up ever. As long as I get one per race, oh it's worth God. it. Oh my God, Belgian gel shots. Uh, <laughs> anyway, back to the back to the race. Yeah, Isabit was uh, and 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 Tone sort of um, riding away from the field in both of those races, and then ultimately Isabit riding away from Tone in both of those races. Yeah. A uh, bit of a different story to, to each of them. Uh, Jingle Cross was dry, and and Isabit sort of uh, you know got a gap uh, and and never let it go. In uh, in Trek Cup, they obviously a bunch of slipping and sliding, and you know not any real desperate crashes. But but uh, Isabit did go down pretty hard uh, once on the uh, on that off camber twisty downhill. And um, Tone gapped him by, you know, 15, 20 seconds. And Isabit just, you know, kept it close, got it, you know, a few seconds back here, a few seconds back there. And then one lap he was down by 12 seconds. And then by the end of, you know, halfway through that lap, he was he was in front by five seconds. It's like when he decided he wanted to, to make his move and, and get past Tone, he could just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, smooth, composed. Um, I think he, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. It's hard to judge. You have no idea how Vanderpoel would have done if he'd have been here. Obviously wasn't here. Oh, I mean, we know. Right. Okay. No, no, no. What I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I think we can all agree that he probably would have won. Uh, but the question would be, you know, it would Isabit have been giving him a run for his money? And I'm willing to go out on a limb and say that I think that he's going to be competitive with Vanderpaul. I'm not saying he's going to beat him. I'm not saying that, that, mm-hmm. um, but, but I think that he's going to make some races interesting this year. Well, that, that brings up an interesting, I don't thought. think so. You don't No. I, I, yeah. I find that hard to think, but then you think towards the end of the season last year, uh, Tom Pitcock was right up there with Vanderpaul in one of those late races. It was like on like a crazy golf course or something. That you remember that one? Yes. It was like they where literally they rode, went where through they rode a through the windmill. They rode through a windmill. Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah. It was it they looked like a mini it looked like a mini golf course. It did. Yeah. And it was all up and down Why the dikes do I not remember and that? and stuff. But uh Pitcock was at that race and he I think he finally faded to third, but for a good 
almost two thirds of the race, I think he was right up there. Just, by, I mean, he wasn't at the front, but he was yeah. right up there, just just drafting uh, from Vanderpol. And I'm interested to see because, of course, Pidcock and Isabit have been going at it in the U23s, and uh, uh, Pidcock actually beat him this year in the U23 Worlds. I'm looking forward to seeing those two racing more elite races together, um, World Cups together in the in the top level and, and seeing how both of them do because we haven't seen much of Pidcock for a little bit. We haven't. And is is he still doing the Pidcock racing? or his, It's a new, t- it's a different team name and I think there's only him and it's there's less people on it this year. Hmm. I don't, yeah, so I'm is he racing sure Road on. Worlds? Is that why he's not over here? I assume. He is at Road Worlds. Um, he didn't do the time trial. Um, but he's doing the road race. Uh, he was doing very well in the Tour de l'Avenir, which is the big, you know, road one for the for the young young riders, and an often a good sort of sign thing. But he actually crashed out. He he was riding very well in that, and then crashed out. So another um, notable from uh, both Jingle Cross and Trek Cup, Johnny Vermeesh. Yeah, yeah, jumping Johnny, jumping Johnny, uh, really the mix. establishing himself as. Uh, you know, kind of a next best to 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 Tone and yeah. uh, Isabit in in both races, really, really um, helping it out by not being in the same kit, so you can actually like see who it is. Yeah, he's racing for a, 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 a very Crayfins. Yeah, mm. I don't, which was a sponsor of a, I don't know what team that it, yeah. it's yeah it's came out of some team. It's but. a team. He's he's there. I think two people on that team. I don't. Maybe, yeah, or yeah, maybe yeah. the only There's one. Another, I, I forgot know. the other guy. Yeah. Uh, are you? Oh, I thought that was a white claw. You almost busted out of there. No, come on. I just wanted to break in for a little sponsor boost. Uh, I brought two beers today. Uh, a lime cucumber goza from our our team sponsor, Urban South Brewery. Delicious. Are they back in production now, or is that a this, relic? This is a relic. Okay. Um, well, I mean, it's not a relic. It was bought a few weeks ago. But I decided to buy uh, this Southern Prohibition Brewing that's out of, what, a Hattiesburg? Icebach Lemon lemon Goza? It's terrible. Okay. It's absolute trash. Mm. Wow. Like, Strong words. I mean, I'm sorely disappointed I didn't bring two lime cucumber gozas from Urban South. That Which is, of course, panache. Which is the panache. Yeah. AF. Yeah, sure. As Speaking Matt of, breaks into his white claw, it's it's actually we're talking about Belgian cyclocross races, and I'm drinking a Stella Artois, so I'm I'm still kind of uh, keeping it real. So yeah, I enjoyed getting back into watching cyclocross this weekend. Yeah, um, and and I'm excited to I'm excited to keep it going. We've got a little bit of a break now for until um, the, the they when's the next race is not for another. The next month, one's in month Bern. or something, right? Yeah. yeah, I don't know exactly. I mean, I could pull up the schedule. I here. wonder if it's going to be that same same course in Burn where they jump in and out of that fountain. You remember that? It was a, yeah. like a bunch that was of a like terrible course park uh, I sidewalks. It, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, that, um, well, that I bet it will be because it was a huge success from the for the perspective of fans. They had a ton of people show up at that race, and apparently, it was a great venue for you know turnout. And for Vanderpol to just ride the hell away from everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. It would. Yeah. I hope they've made some changes to that course because it it was not the most exciting. So do uh, we know course. when Vanderpol is coming back? 
I presume his road season is done after Road Worlds, yeah. and he'll be at all the European races. I feel like he said he's not going to do all the European races. I, I think he'll be select. taking a break. Yeah, I, I think that we might not see him until maybe the next World Cup, um, unless maybe he has a start contract with like EK, um, Super Prestige or what's the other one? Dave Ave. Dave Ave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, interesting coming up in the American cross scene is the Fayette Cross, which is going to be the site of 2022 Worlds. 2022 2021 2022 yeah i'm looking forward to seeing what that course is like yeah yeah i mean that's that's not too far away um although it is boss cross weekend so i'm not going to that race never mind well so shall we uh and i think that's a that's a good wrap on yeah on on cross um Bodie, I'll just close this out. We're talking about uh ellie Isabet, uh and and your trip and your photography uh, I think one of the best photos that you took all weekend was a, a photo of a very sort of uh, wistful and, and gazing into the distance, but also focused and 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 and, and deeply involved photo of of Eliezerbet. Um, just sort of a you know he's got the white helmet and the, the and his kind of white rimmed glasses, and it's kind of a, just an overcast background behind him. It's very mm-hmm. black and white, very stark. Uh, very moving photo. And uh, Ellie, if you're listening to this, I commented <laughs> on that photo. You should make that your profile pic, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's a great shot. That that also, I wanted to ask you, Bodie. You know, with you've got you know a lot of the North American riders, mostly North American riders, probably, and then all of these Euros come over. Is there a different vibe between the two camps? Is there like, does it feel like? This is a le- these guys are a level above, and do they act like they're a level above, or is there any, you know, what is there any kind of, I, I don't know, any any vibe that you get from them being there, or is everybody just one big party, or are they, I mean, of course they're all business when it comes down to racing, but I think that I think that there is the appearance of maybe that they're like a a little bit, you know, like foreigner i mean well they literally are foreigners but yeah they're a little bit different uh than the americans and the maybe like a little more distant but i think that probably might just come down to some language and just not knowing folks like a lot of people that the domestic racers like everybody kind of knows each other and Mm -hmm. travels around and so develop relationships um but i think you know i you know briefly chatted with a few of them just in passing or at the start line and and you know they're all they're all friendly and they're just you know they're just normal dudes too. And what's interesting is when you see like uh, the like Sunday at Jingle is a C one and or Friday at Trek is a C two. So a lot of the big name guys won't or women also won't race. Right. And they'll be on the sidelines and they're just like a bunch of kids and they're you know they're just you know they're just yeah they're not they be, they sort of are larger than life when you see them on TV and they're in their kit and they're doing amazing moves on their bikes but you know they're just regular joes in person um i'm wondering if it's like but it might be the other way around when you know the north americans go over to europe because some of those you know some of those people the vanderpoles and the wouts of this world are their show they're all there with their motorhomes you know and they have that whole kind of vibe going on with with that sort of thing you know with you know they're in a they're in a a motorhome with a big picture of them on the side of it, whereas there's probably none of that going on. At no, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, sort of, you know, they're sometimes the the the, the 
Paulwes team like last year had like a box truck and they're all hanging out the back of a box truck and yeah. like, you know there was a Belgian rider hanging out in a minivan so it sort of kind of brings them on a, like kind of the you know it switches the level up yes yeah, I mean also like in Europe these riders are obviously a bit more have a bit more celebrity I mean people watch them actually on TV and you know no Americans are watching our racers on TV so yeah but, um, you know, there was a cool moment when the Slow Ride podcast gave out a hockey jersey to Lawrence Sweet for getting 16th in the World Cup. Saw that. <laughs> and I happened to literally walk by as this happening. And uh, I got to say, Lawrence, he seemed touched. And, like, he didn't, he, like, he seemed like it was a pretty cool. And he, he was happy that some fans had sort of, like, you know, wanted to make a connection with him. Yeah. So. Well, we've got cyclocross getting ready to start going on over here too. Bodie, you mentioned Boss Cross, um, the inaugural kick sort of kickoff race uh, for our season, unsanctioned race. Don't need a license to race it. Bandit cyclocross, come on out and do it. Had a huge turnout last year, seventy plus folks showing up to race that. It's at the People's Course in Gentilly, right in the middle of New Orleans. You can ride your bike to it. Um, always a great scene that the women of Boss uh, throw out there. Matt, I don't know if you've been invited to DJ or what's happening with the music this year. Uh, I have, and I just—I think I just got a text regarding that, so I need to—I yeah. need to respond to that. Uh, I know that the—I know that our club uh, riding lawnmower is now fixed. <laughs> it's fully operational. Death fully time. operational, and I saw that there was some uh, course prep and cutting that was being done. Bodie, I hope that you're going to be involved in the course design again this year because you did a fantastic job last year with that. Unfortunately, I won't be here. I'm going to be out in California riding Pavlov. Uh, Boss Cross is not this weekend, but next weekend. So it's a, uh, that is October 5th and 6th, mm-hmm. but it's on the Sunday. Six. Yeah, the 6th. So it's on October 6th. Um, gonna be great I think it's pretty reasonable uh, registration money goes for a good cause don't know what it is this year but uh, uh, they always they always pick a uh, quality charity to support with some of their proceeds and it's just a great introduction to what's fun and awesome and also exciting and challenging about cyclocross so uh, everyone in the sound of my voice who's local, folks from the Gulf South area or you know, as far away as uh, Florida and Texas have uh, come to do it. Plenty of folks from our local region. Going to be awesome. Uh, so, so do that. Um, and even if you're not going to race, just come and hang out. It's a really fun event. Great scene. Um, yep. The following weekend in Lafayette, Louisiana is the kickoff race for the lambra cx cup series which is a nine race series this year it's going to be in lafayette at the university of lafayette right near the cajun domes called ragin cajun cross mm. our buddy stearns lasseur of the university of louisiana uh, bike racing team is putting that on races it's a saturday and a sunday race double race weekend races one and two of the Lambra Cyclocross or of the Lambra CX Cup Series, so get out there. Registrations up and open on Bike Reg. Uh, races permitted through USAC, and that's going to be like the real kickoff to the to the sanctioned racing 
here in Mississippi, uh, Louisiana and Mississippi, and we've got a full schedule this year. We got, uh, you know, it's not every weekend, kind of like it was last year, but we've got some nice little breaks in there. Uh, but pretty much every other weekend, and then you know, a couple couple weekends in a row toward the end of the season. Um, so th- there are opportunities for riders to uh, go to Mallorca and uh, and do some training there in between mm-hmm. in between yep. events. Yeah, that's good. Some training camps. Yeah, yeah. you can you can uh, build your base miles of the Tour de Parish on Saturday and then mm. go race Swampwater the next day. Mm. That's right. So yeah, lots of lots of uh, fun cross stuff stuff coming up. Um, but Townsend, you just did a race last weekend. Yeah, speaking of local racing. Local racing, yeah. Um, the new new race this year, Noma to Noma. Um, a 150-mile race around Lake Pontchartrain. Uh, almost like a randoneering event, would you say? Uh, or a, a brevet, like a brevet? You know what? I'm going to call it a rando cat. Rando cat, okay. I mean, because you did, there was checkpoints. There were checkpoints. It was it was on open roads, and you could pick your route, but you did have to go through a few checkpoints. Yeah, you know, born of the sort of alley cat vibe, uh, and of course, you know, you're riding out of the city and then back into the city at the end. A good bit of the middle part of the race is, you know, a little bit more, you know, rural, but um, there's definitely some uh, some city riding, and it feels like you know, there's there's no there's no uh, preset course there was a suggested Strava route I uh, ended up being kind of a couple suggested Strava routes uh, but you know born of an alley cat vibe Taylor Mills are good buddies of Nola fixed uh, has thrown a bunch of alley cats uh, over the years and he sort of wanted to I think kind of bring that vibe to it Zach Thomas mm-hmm. uh, did the race with him Zach bit more of a roadie has uh, done the ride around Lake Pontchartrain he used to call it the tour de lock uh, ride around Lake Pontchartrain. Uh, we've done it a number of times in the past as kind of a kind of a group ride event. Uh, it's sometimes supported, sometimes unsupported. But they had this idea of like, hey, let's put let's put this sort of tour de lock, long distance bike ride together with this sort of alley cat vibe, and and see what we can do. And man, it was one of the coolest events that I've ever been a part of. Everybody had the same high praise for this thing just a ton of fun lots of different cyclists of different abilities um a really 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 fast start to this race everybody kind of wanted to be with the front group i think it might have been the fastest i've ever ridden out chef highway from from Mishu Boulevard all the way out to Venetian Isles, and then mm. um, so you guys took the the, the anti-clockwise r- route. We around. did, yes, uh, counterclockwise, as mm. we would say here in the states. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yes, we did. We it was neutral all the way to Chef Highway. the the uh, The flag was pulled in, so to speak, at uh, Chef and Mishu, the sort of last main stoplight that you come to there yeah and it was absolutely hot from the gun immediate attacks wow uh, so were, were they attacks or were they just like rampings of the pace no they were attacks <laughs> and then guys coming over the top of those attacks wow and trying to get the break formed trying yeah. to get the break formed and people furiously yelling in the back let the break form because <laughs> it was just <laughs> scrambling behind so this, at high, upper 20s to sort of hang on to this and it and it stayed that way for 
about 45 minutes. So this it is like the first hour of Paris Roubaix right there. Yeah, it really was it was it was totally bonkers. And somehow about 25 of us ended up hanging on all the way to the first checkpoint. Um, and it, it, it started splitting up at the first checkpoint because, and I didn't think about this going into it, the first people to arrive at that first, there was kind of a race to that first checkpoint. And mm. It was just over the over the Wrigley's Bridge. So it was, a, it was a KOM up the Wrigley's Bridge. And then people continued to race hard down the bridge to try to be first to the checkpoint because if you were first there, you could sign in and jump right back on your bike and go. I got there with a group of about 15 people, and we had to wait in line. Had to yeah, wait, I saw Wait that. for everybody in front of you to sign in. So, you know, uh, they did an Instagram Live. I joined the Instagram Live and watched you all stand in line. Oh. And, like, three people got bottles of water, and the water, there was, like, a man checkpoint. Y'all, they all ran out of water. And then, like, uh, the leaders uh, took off. And I guess at some point, uh, Dan said he sat up and waited. They all waited for you guys. Did they eventually? Or? They waited for some people. That, that Oh, yeah. you know what I heard? They mm. waited, but then Jason Cash came by, and Dan said, I'm not letting a fucking Urban South rider go by Whoa. and chase them down. Wow. So, yeah, so that's who I have to thank, because those guys were about 200 yards ahead of me, uh, and I was just killing myself to get up there. I looked over my shoulder and I saw Kenneth Thomas and Robert Frank coming up behind me. And I said, I'm going to sit up for a second. I'm going to wait for Kenneth and Robert. We'll be able to chase better. The three of us will be able to chase better together than I can chase on my own. Well, when I sat up, uh, Kenneth finally caught on to my wheel. Robert had stopped to take a leak, so it was just me and Kenneth. We gave it everything that we had to try to get onto the back, but we just we couldn't do it. We got within about 150, maybe 200 yards of him. And I learned later that that Taylor said, you know, I, I didn't hear the part about Jason Cash, but Taylor said at some point just that that group. It was a group. The front group was about nine people at that point that had managed to get away from the first checkpoint, kind of together and 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 glom on to each other. And Taylor said it was just you know it, it was just bonkers from there. So he said that was the hardest part of the race uh, for him was that the pace line that they had going from checkpoint one to checkpoint two in Mandeville. So anyway. That's- so that's an interesting uh, idea was like, you know, you could view that as a hiccup in the race as, you know, people are, are, are there, but now they're waiting to in line to sign in. Hmm. Um, this does throw back to Alley Cats where you get to a checkpoint and you have to wait for the checkpoint the, to sign your manifest. But it usually is a much well, the quicker. Same, same as a randonneuring event, right? Where you have like, or a brevet, whatever. You have a brevet card that has to get. Yeah. You know, I, I guess I, I never participated. So I don't know how, like, you get groups of people coming in, right? Um, so I, I immediately saw that. And I was like, oh, that, that seems like a, a bug they need to fix in the race. But then now it's like, oh, maybe actually that is a part of the race. Like, you need to. Race strategy. You got to yeah. win the race to the first checkpoint. Well, it's a uh, bunch of smaller races. Here, right? I'll, I'll give you an interesting example of how that works. I'll try to keep it short. But as I told you, uh, uh, thought Kenneth Thomas and Robert Frank were behind me, and it turned out when they came up, it was just Kenneth. Robert had stopped to take a leak. So Kenneth and I had a big gap on Robert, and we stayed away from him, we thought, all the way to the second checkpoint. Well, Robert actually had 
found a shortcut looking Ah. at the map that he took that we didn't take. So he had actually gotten ahead of us on the road. And when Robert arrived at the second checkpoint... And that was in Mandeville. In Mandeville. So presumably you guys got on the trace. Yes, we went to the trace in Mandeville. Yeah, got at the trace. But there was a little shortcut you could take to get to the start of the trace Mm -hmm. in in Slidell, which we didn't take. Robert took and got in front of us. He got to the second checkpoint as the front group was just finishing their sign-in because they had agreed, I guess there was a little bit of a truce amongst those nine, that they would all sign in, wait for each other to finish signing in, fill up water bottles, and then leave. Robert arrived at the second checkpoint just in time to get onto the back of the front group. So he used that that tactic, a shortcut and um, the front group having to stop to sign in to his advantage, he signed in real quick, didn't really stop, got onto the back of the of the front group, and uh, didn't manage to stay with him. He ultimately got popped from that group, and, and we caught back up to him and then finished the race with him. But interesting, really interesting the way it played out, and I won't get into m- any more of the, of the give and take, but um, it, was, it was fantastic. Uh, ended up uh, grouping up with uh, with race organizer Taylor Mills, who had gotten dropped from the front group as well. So Taylor, Robert, Kenneth Bell, Kenneth Thomas, Scott Galante, and I um, all rode into back into New Orleans together. Was it was there uh, a race amongst in your group at the finish, or did you guys all kind of ride through the finish line? Uh, no, we decided we'd sprint it out. We 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 all rode into uh, City Park together, and when we got to the to the foot of the um, the Champs Gormley, which is mm-hmm. where the finish line was, uh, we uh, lined up for the sprint. Robert out sprinted Taylor to fin- to win our group sprint. Uh, wow. Taylor finished second, and then I finished third. Out sprinted uh, Scott and Kenneth for uh, third in that group sprint which was 12th or 13th maybe overall. Like so uh, the winner overall was Dan Swan. Dan Swan, uh, seven hours and four minutes. He did the did the complete. They loop. did like 140-something. They uh, Yeah, we, they, we, they finished on Airline Highway instead of the levee. Most people took Airline Highway. That shaved about nine miles off. So I think the total route was about 142 mm. if you took Airline. Still plenty. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah good distance. And then... Um, Oh, Tuffalo, I'm thinking of her Instagram name. Lisa, Lisa Hauser. Lisa Hauser won, yeah. well, came in third overall. Lisa yeah. Hauser finished third in the Open and, and first among first the women. First women won the women. Yeah. So I saw they had a little ceremony after our, 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 our weekly World's Ride Tuesday Loops, and they were holding up some big, big checks, big yeah. fake checks. They got giant fake $50 <laughs> checks for the winner. <laughs> I bet the checks actually cost more than the prize. That's what I, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, I mean, that's fun. I, I appreciate it. It, I, it looks like a really cool event, and I'm yeah. sad I couldn't be there. I uh, saw some great photos by Giancarlo Monti. Um, so well, kudos to those guys for, yeah. for putting that event on. I mean, we're constantly talking about different types of races and, and things that make it interesting in towns. And we had sort of, independent of Taylor and, and Zach, had a kind of come up with an idea of a race in the style of Rafa's Gentleman's Ride and doing mm. something like that. Do you think there is space for our event that if we ever do it? Or do you think like this is a better format and like... I think there's definitely room for both. Because uh, the main difference for ours was it was a team. 
team, team format. And yeah, the team and, has and to also, come in together, right? Yeah, yeah so. and also involved some gravel, if I'm not mistaken. We talked about maybe doing something with sure. a little bit of gravel. I, mean, the, I think, yeah, we could do gravel or not. But, yeah, the idea that it was a team format and uh, yeah. you got to finish together. Yeah, I like that. I think so, there's room for that for sure. Okay, but, I mean, But I'm, people can choose their own routes, right? And they just have, like, checkpoints along. I like that idea that people, there is op- there are options like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, ha- I have a thought. I have a thought for what this category could be called. Okay. Rand Fondo. Rand Fondo. Okay. I like that. I like that. So this is kind of a rando cat, and then we could throw a Rand Fondo. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Into it. All right. Bodie, I also want to mention to you real quick before we leave the the race around the lake. Uh, 150 miles. Hashtag 150 miles flat. Hashtag the people's race. Hashtag Noma to Noma. <laughs> Uh, that you, though you were not in town and though you were not a part of the race, you actually were a part of the race um, because the uh, you, there, there's a, a special podium that was named after you. Oh, really? Yeah, the Bodie Bodium, uh, which is the Masters 38-plus podium this year, you being 38 <laughs> years old. Um, and uh, uh, Mike Poole uh, and... Um, Trey Pounds and I were the were the three that were on the the inaugural Bodie Bodium. Nice. All right. Wasn't an actual official thing. We didn't stand on a podium and get oh. an award. Mm. But it, it in fact is an unofficial <laughs> thing. And, and and Bodie, I want you to know that the that the the winner of the Bodie Bodium will always be the the or the the will be the first three riders that finish who are above whatever age you happen to be that year. <laughs> oh. So next year you'll have to be over 39 to be on the Bodie Bodium. It's that's, not a it's not a fixed age. I like it's that. just however old you are. Yeah. So that's great. So you two you two olds were all Always. I'll always be we'll eligible. Always we'll be always eligible. be eligible for the <laughs> yeah. Bodie Bodie. And, and in fact, <laughs> so will my girlfriend. Yeah. Emily. In fact, whoever is your age or older will always be eligible, yeah. and no one younger than you will ever be eligible. So that's kind of an interesting. That's great. Thing I'm honored. I feel honored. Yeah. 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 And you, of course, sir, will always be eligible for your own podium. Well, as well, maybe I'll try and win it next year. Oh, it'd be even better though if you have to actually be older than Bodie. Therefore, he's not eligible. Oh, yes. You have to be at least one day older than Bodie. Racing age. Um, so, yeah. So, that was Noma to Noma, and it was awesome. Great. Oh, great. I'm great to hear. Uh, look forward to riding bikes with y'all and doing fun races like that as well. Um, kind of begs the question, where is USAC going? You know, it's right, kind of back to that whole thing of like, well, what's I mean, happening with road racing? And is this, is this, you know, is this the... <sighs> the sign of the times is this the way the winds are blowing and um you know they got 50 people to show up and sign up for a 150 mile race around the lake so the, the mm. question is why like what what makes what makes a 150 mile race more appealing than a half an hour race closer to home i don't know i mean like i can think of some things but i'm, I'm just curious i mean i know that well it was ten dollars <laughs> there's um, that you don't have to have a license yeah there's it's, it's, if you, it's, good bit easier to organize you know no, insurance. no permits and, and no insurance it's a, it's a real challenge too right it's yeah. something that you will but you'll be talking about for a lot longer than you would be uh an hour-long crit but in, in all seriousness i mean i do think that uh, it Tulsa is also tough was a good challenge yeah i'm not saying it's not but i think this is something <laughs> unusual and unique and there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of races that are a lot like a lot of other races. 
Well, and there, there are, there are, I'm not saying that sanctioned races are a bad thing, but this is something that's a unique yeah. event that people would go, oh, I'll come from out of town to do that because that sounds like crazy and amazing. Yeah, it's an epic endurance event. But at the same time, I mean, the the um, Cannonball Mash Alley Cat is a, is a you know, 20, 25 mile, t- takes an hour to do it. Um, and they get a ton of people to come out to that too. I mean, there's yeah. something about these sort of like banded events that you know, people are more willing to do than these sort of, I, I think maybe what people think of is sort of like button down, sort of stayed USA cycling events. And I'm not sure what the answer to it is, but I do think that there needs to be an answer to it. And, um, and in order for cycling to, to grow as a, as a sport or, or for whether it's USA cycling or whatever, you know, happens with, you know, sanctioned bicycle racing, uh, well, there needs I mean, look, to be some. There needs to be some response to this, and I'm not sure well, what it so is. I think there is going to be a response, and we got a little bit. We got an email from Randy, who went to the USAC Local Associations Symposium. Some changes coming down the pike, but I did notice that uh, Jason Shear put on the Deltic Epic, which happened the weekend before Noma to Noma. Good training for Noma to Noma. Mm-hmm. A 350 mile self supported <laughs> Mississippi Delta gravel openers for Noma to Noma. Exactly. That's some openers serious for openers. Noma to Noma. Noma to Noma is openers for Tuesday Loops. Um, that is on USAC. It was sanctioned by USAC and is listed under the results. Yeah, it's permitted as a Fondo. So, mm. yeah. No, a, ran, a ran Fondo. So, yeah. so but, but here's, but I don't understand. So, you could permit Noma Noma as a fondo. I mentioned it to Zach and to Taylor, and they you said literally they don't said, have to do anything. No, you don't have to provide any sort of safety precautions for anybody. And do you have to have a USAC license or a one day license to do it? No, you don't need anything at all for a fondo. Don't believe you do. I thought you did. Uh, I don't know. You, it's like you buy the ride membership. I don't know. It's just it's just interesting. Huh. It, it, just talking about how things are going and, and maybe... That yeah, isn't. well, I, I will tell you, Zach's question to me when I mentioned it to him is, what do we get out of it? Why would we want to do that? Like, what's, you know, and I said, well, you know, you'd get a million dollars of insurance. Um, I mean, so, and, and that is sort of the element, right? It's like, you sign a waiver that times and you're a lawyer. I don't know, would it stand up? You know, I mean, you get hurt on the Noma to Noma, like, it's all on you. Yeah. I think the waiver that they had for Noma to Noma was described by another lawyer who's uh, affiliated with cycling, who I will not mention, uh, <laughs> that was described as somewhat airtight. <laughs> somewhat. But they, but they were cool with that. They were cool with somewhat airtight. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I guess maybe you should, like, I, I'm pursuing a different event that I'm assuming I'm going to have to sanction for the insurance, you know, for the ability to get on this property, I'm going to need insurance. So, yeah, I mean, are people going to be like, oh, I don't want to come to your event that's just down the road from me and includes gravel because it costs $25 and it's not a ride around the lake? Uh, well, it's like that, that, that great cycling meme that you, I think, uh, or who was it that, that posted it? And they were asking for, for um, the, you know, it was, they were asking to f- sort of fill in the blank of the, of the meme. And it was, you know, $4,000 bicycle, mm. check, you know, $200 <laughs> shoes, check, um, 
you know, I don't remember what the third one was. And then it was, you know, the, it put in oh. the, and Bodie, I think you put in, you know, $70 uh, license, you know, like thumbs down, you know, <laughs> these. So the thing, right. you know, people that ride bikes will spend ex- an extraordinary amount of money on their bicycle, uh, a somewhat extraordinary amount of money on, yeah, coaching, a hel- you know, the best shoes, all this stuff. And then they'll complain about a $70 racing license mm. and a $40 in race entry fee. It's kind of crazy, but people do it. I mean, you know, we've promoted enough races to know yeah. people, you know, that's $40 to do the race. And then they want some sort of like, you know, Hey, well, if the whole team registers, can we get a team discount? It's like, it's 40 fucking dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Your insurance rate doesn't go down. Mine, what I pay for my insurance doesn't go down when you, you bulk register. Yeah. It's like, dude, it's it, it's a roll of fucking bar tape to do my race. Well, I will say, luckily, I think that we've done enough. We've done some events that people like to come out to. So I don't feel like, you know, I'm appreciative of the folks who come to the races we promote. I'm not yeah. trying to. And I yeah. think this ride, this ride, race that I'm hoping to plan, I think it will be very popular. And I think people will show up. Hmm. Um, All right. Well, guys, speaking of sanctioned races yeah uh there's a fairly large sanctioned racing event going on this week sanctioned yeah. by the uci sanctioned by the uci yeah. uh being held in the uh the great republic of held yorkshire your backyard in my literally in my backyard i've uh, ridden those roads uh, myself um yeah well do we want to close out this podcast by talking about uh giving some hot hot steamers on uh on what's going to happen in road worlds I, I don't yeah. I I don't think it's gonna be a steamer. I mean, unless you guys have actual steamers, I have a pretty sure bet. <laughs> well, and the bookies seem to have it too at five Whoa. to two on um, five to two on Vanderpool on Vanderpool. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's what the bookies are, are giving Vanderpool for Road Worlds, and I don't know. You never know. You who's, never know who's got happen. the next best chance out. Somebody like Alaphilippe, maybe. Uh, I think Alaphilippe's up there, and uh, I mean Sagan is always Valverde. Sagan's always there. <laughs> you can never count Valverde out. Uh, but yeah, I think it's it's going to be it's a challenging course. I mean, if I don't know if you saw any of the time trial, the first um, time trials like this weekend and Monday and stuff were actually on that that circuit's a hard circuit. Um, is it the Harrogate, 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 Harrogate. Yeah, yeah. Harrogate. yeah it's uh, actually. Just over the moor from uh, from the town I grew up in. It's very nice. It's a uh, Victorian spa town. Very nice place. Has the original uh, Betty's of uh, of Yorkshire. One of the best tea rooms in the world. Nice. My hometown Oakley has uh, has a Betty's as well. But uh, yeah, it seems. I mean, it's going to be crazy this weekend. Who's your pick for the women's then? All right. So I, okay. Mm. So are, is everybody's pick Vanderpool for the men's race? We're going to go on on the on the podcast saying I'm picking Vanderpool. Uh, I mean. I'm gonna pick Alaphilippe. Okay. Just because. I would pick Vanderpol. Um I guess I can go can I do an alternate? A crate can I have a like an let's do I'm gonna go Vanderpol, but who's your who's your who's your alternate? And it can be anybody. My alternate? As, yeah, seen as Vanderpol. There is no alternate. Just in case something terrible happens to Vanderpol. You know, he crashes The Venompole. Oh, okay. Remco. Yeah. yeah. Well, Finished second today in the time trial. Pretty astonishing, yeah. as, astonishing we'll, result. We'll yeah. get to that, but who's your pick? Uh, I'm going to go Ben Swift. That's my that's my left field uh, alternate. 
Yorkshire right. lad. That would be that would be awesome. Uh, women's pick. I mean, I got I got to go Voss. I mean, that's kind of like to me just seems Voss is the boss, and she once again won a bunch of stages in a stage race. So, Tour mm-hmm. Yorkshire. Uh, yeah, no, no, Tour Yorkshire. That was uh, oh, that was a while ago. Was it? Okay, oh, the women's tour. Women's tour of Britain. Women's tour of Britain. Yeah. I'm uh, gonna Vanderpool go. won the uh, the the men's tour of Britain. Yeah. Recently. Yeah. Three stages. I don't know why, but I'm gonna go Cassia Nuadoma. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if it's a. I don't know if it's a lumpy enough course for that. But yeah, it's, it's still it's a good pretty pick. lumpy. It's pretty lumpy, and it's an uphill finish. Yeah. It is an uphill finish. Who Who would be another good alternate in the women's? Uh, well, I mean, I you know. can't go wrong with Lizzie Van Blue. I'm gonna go. Well, I'm gonna go all Yorkshire. I'm gonna go Ben Swift in the men's and Lizzie Dagnan in the women's. I mean, what about Chloe Dygert? Is she sure. racing the elite women's race? Probably. I mean, let's let's give a shout out to Chloe Dygart who destroyed the elite women's time trial field. Yes. She beat uh, Van Vluten and Vanderbregen, which yeah. is astonishing. By by beat. Beat Vanderbregen by over a minute and a half, and Van Vluten by almost two minutes, and finished top ten in the open in the men's U twenty three. I think tenth or eleventh time wise. That re- the men's U twenty three though the conditions. I mean, to be fair, Is that it's funny. The I've one seen where a lot of guys stuff. were crashing in the water puddles. Yeah, there was like there was like it was like I heard it rains over there. It was it was like a bit wet. Guy, there was one guy slid about two hundred yards yeah. from his bike. Yeah. Had to come back and get it. He. Yeah. Uh, he was hydroplaning. <laughs> uh, that, aero, that aero equipment really helps you a hydroplane. It really um, does. <laughs> a couple shout-outs in the TTs. We had Mikhail Berg, who won the U23 men's TT for the third time in a row. Yeah. Two Americans on the podium. Um, Ian Garrison. Ian Garrison in second. Brendan McNulty. McNulty in third. Yeah, shout-out to them. Yeah. We had Chloe Dargart, who won the uh, women's elite. Uh, the men's elite won by Rohan Dennis. Yeah, who we haven't seen since he dropped at the tour. On, uh, now signed to Team Dennis, riding a blacked out BMC. Yep. Um, it looked of, like it had been the. It looked like the logos had been sanded off. It did the I bike. saw the photo? Yeah. Yeah. Um, really interesting because we literally we had not heard much of him at all, and we still haven't heard why he pulled out of the tour. I think we know. The I think bike? we're pretty sure. The bike. The, um, the I think that I think maybe multiple things. Did you see like after he like um, he like tapped his helmet? He was wearing a cask helmet, uh, not the um, I forgot what the Italian helmet sponsor of Bahrain Merida was, but he was wearing a you know he was like he was like didn't obviously he was not happy about his equipment, his skin suit, his helmet, and I don't think he liked the Bahrain Merida bike either. He's a very particular person well i guess when it comes to time trials all those little um mm-hmm. those little things matter so interesting to see that he came out on top after all that uh yeah excited to see the road races coming up excited for this weekend um there's been a whole bunch of road racing that we missed um but i think i just oh, got one more thing to say about the world so far um we oh we have got the junior men's race tomorrow that's going to be exciting um they've shortened it a bit because they've had to move the time back and so it's going to get dark too soon or whatever but um so they, i think they've like reduced it a lap but that's going to be an interesting race to watch i like watching the junior and u23 races 
but what was interesting was Sunday's event was the first world's mixed, uh, what do they call it? The mixed relay team time trial. Mixed doubles. Mixed doubles team time trial. So three men and three women, not from trade teams anymore. There's no trade team team time trial. It's now country-based. Much to Patrick Lefevre's annoyance, which anything that annoys Lefevre, I'm I'm happy about. Yeah, I'm kind of into as well. Um, I thought that was a great event, and I thought um, it was a great inaugural event. It's a like I said, a very technical course. Um, A lot of people were getting dropped early, so they were down to two, and you got to finish with two for both the men's and the women's. Um, I thought it was a real. It's a really interesting format, and I'd like to see more of it, and maybe it gets expanded to. A four-man team, four-woman team, that kind of thing. So, so let me just the the men, the three men go out and do the course, yep. and they come back. Is there some sort of baton pass or a beat-on pass nope. to the women? As soon as as soon as the second man crosses the line, the women get the light to go. So that's a little bit tricky because you've got to be warmed up and ready, right? Uh, it's like you don't know exactly what yeah, when, when they're, they're going to come, come in. in. Uh, so there was that aspect, um, but I, I think it, was... it would be a lot cooler if they did a loop and the men came up behind <laughs> the women and the women started. They had like a zone, like yeah. a pass off zone, maybe yeah. like 1K, and the men had to pass off a beat on. That'd uh, be interesting. Yeah, that could that could work. I think the other <laughs> thing that was interesting, and I, I was listening to Ned Bolting and uh, and David Miller's podcast, uh, their new podcast the other night, which I, which I highly recommend. Um, Ned Bolting had the idea that why why make it the men go first and the women go first? Let the team decide. They could decide their own strategy. There's no reason why not. You know, that's that's another interesting thing. Yeah, so. I like the idea kind of of a of a a relay zone of maybe a kilometer where they all ride together. The women get onto the men's wheel. Oh, and they get, they get kind of like a bit of a, a bit of a launch. And then the men peel off when they cross the line, and then the women take over from there. Also so they all ride idea. together for about a K. So does their time get taken at the end of the zone? No, I guess it's the time just continues. Okay. Yeah, the time just continues to Got run. Got you. All yeah. right. Yeah. But, but you're not, you didn't mention the passing of the bidon. <laughs> you like that, huh? <laughs> I, I, I like that too, and the similarity to baton and bead on. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a good, yeah, it's good. Look at that. Look I at like that. It. UCI, good ideas come from the Yeah, You're Right podcast. Yeah, until Although somebody drops it. probably dro- be an until, empty bead on, and they'd be like, this is no use to me whatsoever. Yeah. Until somebody drops it and it, um, causes, a and it causes a crash. Yeah. yeah but they, I, should, they should do it on road bikes. But you know what? But what was interesting is the UCI is really trying to push this thing. 70% of the, the, whole, the entire week's prize money went on that one event um interesting yeah interesting yeah but uh which i think there was a there's a little bit of consternation about that do you know what the uh the the men's and women's uh winners of the elite road race do you know what prize money they get i don't it's like seven thousand swiss francs it's not a lot of money is it it's not like a golf purse is it no it's not. It's all about the rainbow stripes, Matt. It's not it about is. the money. Yeah. It, well, it, that's true, though, isn't it? It yeah. is all about the rainbow Well, the stripes are wor- probably worth something in and of themselves. Yes, they are. Uh, financially, I, I mean. Yeah. yeah. But golfers get the prize money and the sponsorships. 
Well, speaking of time trials, I think our time is up. Yes. Mm. On this episode of the AR Podcast. Guys, it's been good to chat again. And Townsend, you're going out of town for the Pavlov. So maybe you'll record some audio diaries. We're just going to steal that from other podcasts. Um, maybe you'll Skype in. I don't know. We'll figure something out. Yeah, we'll figure a little something out. Yeah. I think uh, I'm going to release a little mini-sode. Um, this week as well. So, so podcast listeners, look for that in your queue. It's some be- recordings that you did up uh, on your on your travels. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So uh, Townsend, why don't you start us with the sign offs? All right. Well, this is the T Bone, and I'm signing off saying that I'm headed out to Reno, Nevada, and South Lake Tahoe to start my ride, uh, Pavlov Across America, um, and I will see you guys on October 7th when I return. Be safe. And this is DJ Rear Admiral Sercherio saying, I hope that I'm going to be able to make it to uh, Boss Cross to uh, spin the wheels of steel. Uh, And I hope that you're going to make it there too. And this is the Bodie Bodie saying, once again, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, send us an email to or at yayuride at gmail.com. You can also skid into our DMs at yayuride on Instagram. Um, So long and good night and see you all later. I think it was 20, well, shit. All right, that's fine, I can cut that out.